0: in the practice of meditation as with everything else we do. We have to not only practice, not only dedicate our time to the practice, but we also have to practice in such a way as to be sure that we're going to get results from the practice. It's not true that simply walking and sitting for long periods at a time, or or long um, extended period of days and weeks and months and years, is sure to bring results. It goes without saying, or it should go without saying that our practice needs to have certain qualities about it in order for us to guarantee some kind of success some sort of results from our practice. Why this is, is because we in order to to succeed in the practice in order to gain results we have to change we have to first gain this strength and a certain fortitude of mind our confidence has to be very strong our effort has to be very strong our mindfulness has to be very strong our concentration has to be very strong and our wisdom has to be very strong Without these five strengths Our mind is too weak Um, Our mind is unable Will be unable to uh, Overcome the evil The unwholesomeness The darkness and the cloudedness That's inside of us We won't be able to see clearly As a result of the defilements Which we carry around and it goes without saying that our ordinary state of mind is, is not strong enough, is weak in many ways, is lacking in many of these qualities. And so, unless we actually change our minds or build up this strength and this fortitude of mind, we can practice for years and years and years and, and never truly become enlightened. We have to work to gain these these qualities of mind. We have to work again and again. And so sometimes we might ask, well, what are these, what are the qualities that we need to, you know, we need to have, we need to possess, in order to be sure that our practice is going to be a success, is going to bring results. And so we have this very famous group of, of qualities that the Lord Buddha said are, are uh, a guarantee of success, um, given, given all other things being equal if there is the ability to to succeed in something, if it's not blocked by fate or circumstance, or as we say in Buddhism, as we would explain it in Buddhism, karma, if there is still the chance to succeed in something, as there surely is with all of us in regards to meditation, then it is these four dhammas, this set of of qualities of mind, that will make or break our practice. That will allow us to succeed or cause us to fail. Their presence will allow us to succeed. Their absence will cause us to fail again and again until finally we can uh, incorporate these four qualities of mind into our practice. So these four are are called the itipata. Iti means power or strength or success or fortitude of mind, as I said, the, the power that we're looking for, to have strong confidence, strong effort, strong mindfulness, strong concentration, and strong wisdom, the strength. Bada means the path or the practice or the items or those things that lead to So these four four dhammas are very important. What are the four? The first is called chanda. Chanda, which means uh, in, uh, a-, a zeal or contentment or interest, you could say, our interest in practicing, our desire to practice, our contentment with practice, or De, uh, int- intention, you could say Intention to practice Wholeheartedness Is this word chanda So I guess simply it just means desire Our desire to practice Number two, vidya Which means uh, Effort The effort to practice Number three is Citta which means uh, the mind, or keeping something in mind, thinking about something. You could say it means thought, thinking about the practice, keeping the practice in mind. And number four, Vimangsa. Vimangsa, which means uh, considering, consideration, or contemplation, uh, analyzation. And analysis, analysis of the the practice, analyzing our practice. And in in fact, these four dhammas don't particularly relate to the practice in, in directly at all. They can be used to, for anything in the world. Whatever we apply these four dhammas to, we can be sure to succeed. In For instance, if you wish to do evil deeds, well, you need these four dhammas as well. You need to have the interest or the desire to do evil deeds. You have to put out effort to do evil deeds. You have to think about it and and keep it in mind, focus on it. And you have to (coughs) analyze the act to figure out how to do it properly, how to make sure it succeeds. Whatever we want to do in the world, we want to be successful in business. We need these for. We need to have the desire to 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 be busy to to conduct business. We need to have the effort. We need to have the concentration, the focus, and keeping it in mind. And we need to uh, consider the causes and effects and make a plan of, of what we're going, of how we're going to run our business. Analyzing the turns of event as things, as they come. So these four dhammas are, are very useful things to remember and to think about, no matter what we do, but most especially in the meditation practice they have a great meaning and a great importance. Chanda means that we actually want to practice, and this is often a criticism of Buddhist meditation um, by people who have studied the books and are perhaps looking for something to criticize and they say that you're looking for the end of desire and yet you, you, you admit that you yourself have the desire to practice. And this is really a silly argument, the one that baffles many people and makes them think that it's really true that this is an impossible task. But really, the the word desire, in this case, is not really desire. We're talking about two uses of the word desire. When we talk about giving up desire, we mean desire for something, for some experience, for some state, for some phenomenon to arise. When When we talk about the desire to practice, we mean simply an intention to practice, based on the knowledge that it's a good thing to do based on the knowledge that desire is a bad thing, and that only through contemplation are we going to be free from, desire, from that desire. It's the difference between an attachment to something and an intention to do, to do something, to carry out uh, some act. When we desire for an object, then we carry out all sorts of bad deeds in order to get it. Um, but when we desire to do something, It doesn't have to be a desire at all. In fact, it's very hard to think of anyone actually desiring to practice Vipassana meditation. In fact, if they did, you could say it would be a wrong, uh, it would be an unwholesome sort of uh, mind state. But what we mean by the fact when we say we desire or we want to meditate, it's not that we have this desire or this attachment to meditating. It's the fact that we realize that if we don't meditate, and we don't do it in earnest, we're going to slip back into all sorts of unwholesome states and conduct ourselves wrong, wrongly, and give rise to all sorts of suffering and guilt and, and unhappiness in the future. So it's, be, it's because of this that people want to practice meditation or intend to practice meditation. In fact, this doesn't come easily in regards to meditation. Most of us have a hard time meditating. When we come to meditation in the beginning, it's a very unpleasant uh, situa- It's a very unpleasant uh, practice. And it's something that, that we, we look towards with aversion, simply because we have to give up, we have to let go. We cannot hold on, we cannot chase after. We can no longer have any of the wonderful things that we believe are making us happy. You can no longer chase after them. we have to put up with many unpleasant situations, unpleasant circumstances, pain and aching, soreness, bad thoughts, boredom, unha- restlessness, frustration, but as we start to either through the practice or by living our lives and meeting with such suffering, Uh, meeting with this realization that there is such suffering. Our our current state of of mind is only capable of a great amount of sorrow. It's not that we see the suffering outside of ourselves. We see that our minds are not uh, as strong as they should be, and so they suffer when things don't go our way. For most people, it requires them to see a very unpleasant situation before they realize how un unequipped their mind is to deal with the situation. And then they come to practice meditation. But sometimes people come to meditate uh, innocently without thinking that it's such, an, um, such a big deal. And only when they meditate do they realize how, how, how astray they've gone, how weak their minds are, how unequipped their minds are for any difficulty and suffering, and this is where Chanda arises. The ways we can give rise to chanda are are, are in this way that through seeing the suffering in the world around us or through, through seeing the the suffering that comes from our mind through meditation and it's something we should reflect upon often that really indeed we we are we are weak in mind, and if we allow ourselves to continue like this. Without training ourselves, without training our minds, then we'll only meet with suffering in the future. Chanda is, is a very important thing. Whatever you have the intention or the desire to do, that is where that is what will define who you are. The Buddha said, "Chanda is the mula, the base of all, the basis of all states, all dhammas." Number two is viriya, which means effort. Effort sort of comes in line with, with, with desire. But on the other hand, it's not enough just to want to do something or to know that meditation is enough. The Buddha said, few are the people in the world who know what needs to be done, who know that, who know that something needs to be done, more than just living our lives in a plain old, ordinary way of, of getting a job and making money and settling down and trying to find stability uh, for, for a short time and then that die- passing away. People who realize that there's more to life than that, these are hard to find. And he said, well, what is even harder to find is people who actually then do something about it. And this is where effort comes into play. If you don't have the effort to actually get up and practice, to get up and do the walking, to get up and do the sitting, then your your desire has very, it's, it's an impotent, it's an impotent desire. We require both of these, that we have to put out effort, and put out effort at every moment. So we have the desire to practice, but we also have this intention to practice. Or we also have this effort in our practice, putting our mind out at the object, not just sitting for long hours at a time, but also knowing what's going on, and being mindful of it. the effort to get rid of unwholesome states, the effort to build up wholesome states, the effort to guard against unarisen unwholesome states, and the effort to give rise to wholesome states and to augment wholesome states that have already arisen. This is another important, the the Buddha said that it is through effort that we overcome suffering. When suffering comes to us, in, the, in whatever ma- many forms that it comes. And it's not simple, that there is no simple way out that we're going to just take a pill and suddenly there's no more suffering. That's something that we have to work at. We have to realize this as well. If we have this effort, then we can truly become free from suffering. If we don't have the effort, it will be very difficult for us and be even more painful for us to practice because we don't have the effort to really and truly sharpen our minds and it will be very slow going so to meet with success we have to have this effort number three we need citta which means we need to, keep, we need to think about practice, we need to keep it in our minds at all times even when we're, not pra- when we're not practicing when we're not doing the walking or we're not doing the sitting we should always try to keep it in mind always try to think about that. keep it at the top of our, our thoughts at the top of our list of things to think about, things to do. Everything else should be subservient to the meditation. We should always be thinking about coming back and being mindful. Even when we're doing other things during the day, we should try to be mindful doing them. Standing when we're standing, know that we're standing. When we're walking, know that we're walking. Becoming aware of our feelings and our emotions. Becoming aware of our thoughts. And keeping our mindfulness throughout the, throughout the day. Especially in meditation practice It's something that requires us to keep it in mind Other, other works that we do We might be able to put aside for some time um, We set things in motion And then leave them and wait to see what they bring But with meditation it's not the case Meditation is like boiling water If you turn on the hot water And then later you turn it off And then turn it on and then off The water will never boil No matter how many times you, you come back To turn the water on as soon as you turn it off, it, it it loses its momentum. It's something that we have to work on until we truly do become free from suffering, because our state of mind changes. When we're not mindful, then we lose all of our strength of mind, of, of confidence, effort, concentration, wisdom. We have to use the mindfulness at all times to gain these other faculties. And so it's of great importance that we keep the meditation in mind. In fact, the Buddha said that only, only when we sleep then we should be allowed to take a break. But the way we do this when we lie down to sleep is even when we lie down to sleep we think about the moment when we're going to wake up. And we make a determination in our mind as to when we're going to wake up and then we're mindful until the moment when we fall asleep. And When we wake up we get, immediately get up and begin to meditate again. We should try to live in this way and try to be meditating for all of our waking hours as best we can. When we work in the world, when we have other things to do, obviously this will be be not the case. We'll have to interrupt our practice many times. But at any rate, we can always come back and remind ourselves. And the more we're able to keep it in mind, the better it will be for us, and the quicker we'll be able to gain real uh, benefits from the practice. The fourth quality, vimamsa, in terms of meditation, this means figuring out the ways in which we're meditating incorrectly and being able to assess our own meditation practice, being able to catch ourselves when we fall into wrong practice or bad habits, and being able to uh, play with this um, imperfect mind that we have, and being able to work with this imperfect state of affairs, and being, learning how to roll with the punches and how to get back up on our feet, and how to work from one moment to one moment, from one day to one day, and training ourselves at every moment, trying to figure out what it is that we have to do next to augment our practice, to support our practice. We have to look and see, as our confidence waning, then we have doubts, we have to s- look and see and say to ourselves, doubting, doubting. Sometimes we have too much confidence and so we become greedy or we become uh, lazy. Sometimes we have too much effort and so we become distracted. Sometimes we have too much concentration and so we become drowsy or, or tired. It means they're not balanced. When we have lots of effort, that's good, but we have to balance it with concentration. And so we work on our faculties in this way. When we have lots of confidence, that's good, but without wisdom, it's blind. (coughs) And so we need them both. We need to balance our faculties. And we we need to catch ourselves in our practice. We need to see why we're failing, why we're slacking, why we're falling behind. And we have to pick ourselves up and uh, redouble our efforts And Bring ourselves back in line Back on track And we have to work on this At all times We mangsa, Because we can't force our practice We can't force the meditation to be perfect We can't force ourselves to be good at meditating So we have to be clever In terms of how to train ourselves And how to work with what we have And slowly but surely Lead ourselves Lead our minds to a state of clarity, and the state of understanding. So these four are, are, are very important for meditators. They're things that we should constantly be thinking about and considering. We should be, we should at least use them as a, as a guide for our practice, and in order to at least tell ourselves, to make it clear to ourselves that if we don't have these, we're not going to get anywhere, and looking to see do we really have this uh, contentment or this desire to practice. Yeah. And if we don't, then we have to work on that. And we have to see where our laziness lies or this, this evil in in our hearts that's polluting our minds and making us think maybe that meditation is a bad thing or a useless thing or so on. <coughs> that's giving us these bad vibes in regards to meditation. And we have to work on this. Look Look directly at them and see them. If it's true that meditation is a bad thing, then it should stand up to the test. You should be able to look at these thoughts and come to some rational conclusion that indeed meditation is a useless thing or a bad thing. But what happens when you do is you'll see that there are negative emotions of anger of, of laziness of of uh, cowardliness even that we that cause us to be afraid to or uh, be lazy as well. Yeah, we need so we, we need this kind of uh, contentment. And we need to put out effort. We have to see, well, we want to practice, but are we putting out the effort to actually practice? Or are we making excuses and doing other things? Is our effort being uh, channeled into other pastimes or other activities? We need to see, is are we keeping it in mind? Are we really... Uh, it's meditation in our minds at all times, and we have to look and use. This is using Vimangsa, This is the fourth one to to consider in this way, in and of itself as Vimangsa. So we have to remind ourselves to constantly go over this and to look at our practice and to not not overly analyzing our practice. In the end, we do just have to meditate. But as we meditate on, we have to keep ourselves in check and see and look. Are we really practicing? Sometimes we have to ask our teacher questions When we can't figure things out for ourselves It won't do to just walk and sit Walk and sit for years Without Really having some quality to our practice And so these factors really help To add that quality to them These are called the four intipata, And they're important for meditators As they are for success in any uh, Undertaking So this is the Dhamma for today Now we'll continue on with practice, first doing mindful prostration, then walking and then sitting.